today we're going to continue with the series on um, the gifts in, uh, of the Holy Spirit. Um, we've had a look at the fact that there are in fact three different categories of gifts that are given to the body of Christ. There are the ministry gifts listed for us in Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, also Romans 12 as well, there's some ministry gifts listed there. Then there is the category of functional gifts and every single believer in the body of Christ receives one uh, functional gift from the Lord so that they can function in the body of Christ. And then the third category of gifts that we are looking at in this series are what is termed as the spiritual gifts. And these are the, the nine gifts as listed in the scripture of the Holy Spirit. And the scripture, the text verse that we use for this passage, for this series is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 7 through to 10. Scripture says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. So there are nine uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit listed for us in this passage. And they're all supernatural. We dealt with that um, aspect of this in uh, previous teachings. And we said we can subdivide the nine gifts into three separate categories. The categories being the revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the speaking gifts. The revelation gifts being the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Because they all reveal something uh, from the Holy Spirit. The power gifts being the gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings, because all three of those gifts display the power of God. And then the speaking gifts being prophecy, uh, different kind of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And those three gifts all speak forth the word of the Lord. And so we've been dealing with uh, the speaking gifts in this series, and we have dealt so far with the gift of prophecy. And uh, just to bring us up to speed on what we touched on in the previous teaching, we had a look at the fact that personal prophecy is in fact scriptural. It is uh, entirely biblical for one um, believer and uh, even uh, one who is a prophet, obviously, to um, have a word for an, a fellow believer and, and be able to impart that word through the gift of prophecy. And uh, we're not going to get into any uh, depth on that today. Then we saw how to test uh, prophecies, for the scripture does teach us um, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good. And so we're meant to test prophecies. We're not meant to just accept whatever prophecies come along and expect that those are in fact from the Lord, because sometimes they're not uh, from the Lord. And we saw certain aspects about um, testing of prophecies, um, John and Paul both uh, wrote to us and Paul uh, mentioned that one speaking by the Spirit cannot uh, call Jesus accursed and it's only by the Holy Spirit that uh, one can say Jesus is Lord, speaking about one who is now being moved by a Spirit to prophesy. And so if it's the wrong Spirit, they would never be able to say Jesus is Lord because no demonic spirits can, can say that. And also John said, no demonic spirit can confess that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. And so that's another way that we test prophecy. Because we said that um, 
prophecy that's coming from the wrong spirit will always uh, diminish the work of the cross, what our Lord Jesus is Christ, Lord Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. He, uh, that spirit would diminish that work, and also that spirit would detract from the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we said the Holy Spirit would never do that. The Holy Spirit would always um, point the church to the lordship of Jesus Christ and always point the church to the finished work of the cross. Cross, and so it will not be a case of uh, taking the church away from that. And then we had a look at uh, prophecies that um, have a predictive element to them and how to test them. And we said that uh, prophecies that have predictive elements to it um, will always come through the ministry gift of the prophet, not through the layman uh, who use, is used of the Lord in the simple gift of prophecy. And we said uh, that the way that we test um, prophets who prophesy of future events that are about to take place as to whether they're from the Lord or not, we look at the track record of the prophet. Is he a recognized or she a recognized prophet in the church? Um, have what they prophesied in the past come to pass? And if that is the case and they are recognized, well, then we can take it that um, this particular prophet, when they do prophesy, uh, we can take it that that is the word of the Lord and we can then um, act on that. And then we also looked at testing personal prophecy. We looked at Paul's case. Uh, when he went to the church at Tyre and uh, they prophesied over him that he should not go to Jerusalem. Paul recognized that they had missed the Lord and so he ignored that prophecy. And so uh, one of the ways that, in fact the primary way, that we test personal prophecies is we always uh, see what uh, the Lord has already revealed to us in our own spirits by the Holy Spirit and what he has witnessed to us in our own spirits. And if the personal prophecy does not witness with our own spirits, well, then we can just ignore it. Because the person who has spoken it over our lives um, either got it wrong or was actually being deceitful, one of the two. And so that brought us up to speed to where we are today. And so today we want to touch on the, the second of the uh, speaking gifts, which is uh, varieties of tongues or diverse kind of tongues. Um, and so the scriptures we look at is in Isaiah verse 20, uh, chapter 28, verse 11, the scripture says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. And then in Isaiah 33, verse 19, the scripture says, You will not see a fierce people, a people of obscure speech, beyond perception, of a stammering tongue that you cannot understand. And so in the Old Testament, in, through the prophet Isaiah, God prophesied about the fact that there's coming a time when there will be a people on the earth who will speak with a, a stammering tongue, which is beyond perception. And um, the Apostle Paul refers to that prophetic word given by Isaiah in his teaching when he teaches us about the, the gift of other tongues. And that we pick up in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at verse 21. Uh, the Apostle Paul writing, he says, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. And so what uh, Isaiah prophesied about Paul uh, brought to light in his New Testament writings. 
saying this is what Isaiah has prophesied about. He has prophesied about uh, speaking in other tongues. And so um, God knew that this was coming and obviously he let his prophet know and uh, the prophet then uh, let Israel know. Israel obviously didn't understand, but as we come into the kingdom of God and we get to understand what it was that Isaiah was in fact prophesying about. Now, in order for us to understand this gift of, because again, let's just go back to that passage of scripture that we, we use as our text, um, and that is in 1 Corinthians 12, and it says, verse 10, to another with the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. And so, if we're to understand this gift of um, different kind of tongues, we are going to have to understand that these is in, in fact two different gifts in this area. And that's where confusion does come into the church. Um, well, there's obviously a, a lot of confusion with a lot of Christians who don't even believe that tongues is for the, the church age, but be that as it may, within the church, uh, for those who do believe in, in the gift of tongues. Uh, there's confusion in that a lot in the church do not understand that there is this, the gift of other tongues and then the gift of different kinds of tongues. And the two gifts are two separate gifts given to the church. And because we don't understand the difference, or the church doesn't, uh, the, the confusion arises. And it arises in this particular passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 through to 30. The scripture says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Verse 29. Now Paul asked the question, he says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have <coughs> gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And so the people who do not understand the difference between the two gifts then take this passage of scripture out of context and apply it to tongues in general and say, see, that's what Paul says, do all speak with tongues. Now, in context, when Paul asks this question, the answer is no. Not everybody speaks with tongues. Why can we say that? Because he's talking about ministry gifts in this particular passage of Scripture, because he talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, gifts of healings. And so when he says, do all speak with tongues, he's talking about that in verse 28, he calls it varieties of tongues. And so, it's a, again, it's a different um, title given to it. It's not called other tongues. It's called varieties of tongues that he's referring to here. And so, with regards to this particular gift called varieties of tongues, the answer is no. Not every saint does speak with tongues. Varieties of tongues, that is. But we do need to differentiate between the gift of other tongues and this particular gift that the Apostle Paul is speaking about, the gift of varieties of tongues, because that is the same gift that we read earlier in 1 Corinthians 12, which is said different kinds of tongues. 
Um, and so that is where the confusion lies. Um, because in this particular passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 uh, through to 30, he is talking about the spiritual gift of different kinds of tongues. He's not talking about the prayer language given to every saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit called the gift of other tongues. Now that particular gift is given to each and every saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit and every one of those saints will speak with other tongues. And so we, as I said, we need to differentiate between the two because if we don't, the confusion comes in and then a lot of Christians go around and say, okay, well, you know, tongues is not for everyone. There are a select few in the body of Christ that God has given this gift to, but uh, not every saint receives that gift. And so technically speaking, that's correct. But the problem is that the understanding of the gift is, is erroneous because they do not understand that there are two separate gifts. The one being the gift of the Holy Spirit called varieties of tongues or different kinds of tongues. And the other one being the prayer language uh, called other tongues, which is given to every saint. So let's have a look at some scripture um, with regards to the gift of other tongues, because we do need to differentiate between the two before we get into the spiritual gift of varieties of tongues or different kinds of tongues. And so the first scripture we look at is in Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Scripture says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so this is the gift of other tongues that was made manifest through the saints on the day of Pentecost, when they were first filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the day that God poured out His Holy Spirit on His church for the first time. And they all spoke with other tongues, not just a select few. Every single disciple there on that day began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's estimated there was at least 120 disciples uh, in that home on that particular day. There may, may have been more, um, but nevertheless, at least 120. And every single one of them spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so that is uh, important for us to see in Scripture. So it wasn't just a select few in that instance. It was every saint that was filled with the Holy Spirit spoke with other tongues. Let's have a look at another account in Scripture. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 44. Scripture says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues, and magnify God. And so this is the first time that uh, the Gentiles get to hear the gospel preached. And on that occasion, God fills each one of the Gentile believers, all of them, who heard Peter speaking on that day. He fills all of them with the Holy Spirit, and every one of them begins to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Exactly the same um, in the, the same manner as what happened to the Jewish believers when they were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, which is uh, a few years before by that, uh, by that time. But nevertheless, uh, on this occasion, every single um, Gentile who heard Peter preached, believed, were born again, 
and God filled them with the Holy Spirit, and every one of them spoke with other tongues, not just a select few. And so that's again this, this gift of other tongues that is made manifest when saints, born-again saints, are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it's not just a select few, it, it is for everyone that is filled. Let's have a look at a third scripture, Acts chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. And the scripture says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Now again, in this account here, Paul uh, first witnesses to these disciples, and he gets them born again. And then he baptizes, baptizes them in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he lays hands on them, and the, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak with other tongues. All twelve of them. On this occasion, uh, they also prophesied, but they all spoke with tongues. And so, again, not just a select few out of the twelve spoke with tongues. Every one of the twelve that Paul laid his hands on was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And so, we've had a look at three accounts in Scripture. The Bible does say, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so, the, the scriptural evidence is very plain for us that believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit, all of them will speak with other tongues, not just a select few. So, we've now got this particular gift in place called other tongues, and we see that every single saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit speaks with other tongues. But we go back to um, Paul's question in 1 Corinthians 12, when he speaks about varieties of tongues, and he says, do all speak with varieties of tongues? Or he actually just says, do all speak with tongues? Um, and the answer to Paul's question there is no. Because Paul is referring in that passage of Scripture to the spiritual gift of varieties of tongues. He's not referring to the gift of other tongues given to every single saint. Because if Paul was to say, um, do, does every saint filled with the Holy Spirit speak with other tongues? The answer to that question would be yes. Because we have seen clear scriptural evidence of it. That when saints are filled with the Holy Spirit, um, they will all speak with other tongues. And so, again, in order for us to have a clearer understanding as to why it is that uh, all believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit do speak with other tongues, we need to have an understanding of that gift given to the body of Christ. Now, again, I'm not referring to the gift of varieties of tongues or different kinds of tongues or diverse kinds of tongues. That is the, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we will we'll touch on that as we get into this teaching. But we're wanting to have a clearer understanding of the gift of other tongues, which is given to every single saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Um, that is the, the, the criteria. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we need to understand what this gift is all about. In order for us to recognize that this gift is available to every single saint who is filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, as we go through the scripture now, you'll understand why it is that God makes this gift, the gift of other tongues, available to every one of his saints. Because it is such an important gift for the saints to have. And so the scripture we'll have a look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning at verse 2. The scripture says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Now this is the gift of other tongues that Paul is talking about here. Does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Verse 4, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. And so we see from this passage of Scripture that the gift of other tongues has two main purposes to it. Um, and the first purpose is that it enables the believer to pray with their spirits. For, uh, it says in verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And so Paul is saying that when the Christian, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, prays with this gift called other tongues, it is in fact the born-again spirit that is doing the praying their understanding or their minds have no idea what is being said. So the, the, the prayer that is being uttered is not a prayer of understanding. The person, it's not a case of uh, the person is now like praying, Our Father who art in heaven. That prayer is understood. That the person praying that prayer knows what they are praying to God about. And God hears that prayer. But when a person prays with other tongues, they, their mind hasn't got a clue as, what they, as to what they're saying because it is their spirit themselves that are in fact praying this prayer. What happens is the spirit of the born-again believer uses the, the vocal cords of that born-again believer to speak a heavenly language given to the spirit by God. And so that, the first purpose of praying with other tongues is that it enables the believer to be able to pray directly to God with their spirits in a language that their minds do not understand. And so it is a spiritual language. It's the spirit of the born-again believer um, that is in fact praying. So you say, well, why is it? Why does God want us to pray in a language that our minds do not understand? Well, the reason for that is very simple. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the scripture says, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. And we really don't. You know, there is so much that goes on in the spirit realm um, that we haven't got a clue what's going on around us. We don't understand about Satan and his angels, what they're up to in the spirit realm around us. We don't understand what God and his angels are up to in the spirit realm around us. 
we don't understand the spiritual condition of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, even though we might know them intimately, we still don't know their the deep inner thoughts, the intents of their heart. It's only God who knows all things. And so God knows everything. And so if we're going to pray effectively um, about anything, then we're going to need help because our, our, our understanding of things, of, of, of everything, is extremely limited. Um, compare our understanding with the understanding of God. You know, there's just no comparative. God knows everything, understands everything. But the saint has, it's, it has a, uh, is completely limited in their understanding about things. And so when we come before God the Father in the name of Jesus, by the Spirit of God, to pray about anything, there is only so much we can pray according to our understanding. Because that's it. Once we have prayed to God according to what we know, uh, that's as far as we can go. And even what we know might even be wrong, because we might know the wrong aspect of, of what we're praying about. And our understanding of the Word of God on the subject might be misinterpreting the, what God says about that. And so our, our prayers of understanding are very, very limited. But what God has done in His infinite wisdom is in this church age in which we now dwell. God has given to His church a supernatural language that He understands. Why does He understand? Because He's the one who has imparted that language to our spirits. And so, with our spirits, <clears throat> we can pray to God the Father regarding whatever situation we're praying about, or whichever person we're praying about, everything. And we can begin to pray in a language that our understanding cannot understand. Because you know, if, if God has to now try and teach us everything about that subject before we can pray about it, well, you know, we're going to be spending eternity waiting for God to be able to give us full understanding, because it's not going to happen. So God just short-circuits the whole thing, and He just puts uh, His language into our spirit. And so He enables our spirit to then pray his language that he's given to us, which he fully understands, and it, 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 it deals specifically with what God wants to deal with in that area, and how God wants to deal with that issue in that area. And so we, we basically pray the perfect will of God um, when we pray in this divine language that has been given to us, so we can supernaturally communicate with God the Father. Um, in this language, which our minds don't understand, which is fine, because our spirits do understand it. And God, there are two people that understand what is said when we pray with our spirits. And that is our spirits. Our spirits understand that language. God has given to the spirit that understanding. And God understands. And that's all that's needed, because that's the communication that takes place uh, in prayer. Because the Bible says that when we pray in other tongues, let's go back up to it, um, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but, who, but to who? To God. And so God hears that prayer, for it, it is the perfect will of the Father being prayed by the saint. And so that is a prayer that will always be heard by God, because it's initiated by God, because God the Holy Spirit gives our spirits 
that divine language to speak to God. And so our spirits have their own language, and the mind has absolutely nothing to do with it. Our, our understanding is completely cut out of the loop, so to speak. And so it's our spirits communicating directly with God the Father in this divine language given to us uh, by God the Father. Now there is a second aspect to praying with other tongues, and that is that our spirits do un understand what is being said. Because again, let's go back up to that passage of Scripture and read what it says. Verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And so when I speak with a tongue, the scripture says I edify myself, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand, my understanding, my mind doesn't know what I've said, but how I'm, the Bible tells me that I've edified myself. So how is that possible? Well, it's possible because the, the, the part of us that is edified when we speak with other tongues is in fact our spirit, for it is our spirit that is praying. And so our spirit, the reason our spirit is edified when we speak with other tongues is because our spirit understands what has been said. Our minds do not understand, but the spirit does. For he says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So he's implying very strongly that our spirits are fruitful. Why is that? Because our spirits understand the words that are spoken. They understand that language that they are speaking. The Spirit is not speaking in a language that the Spirit doesn't understand. The Spirit understands that language perfectly. It's only the mind that does not understand that language. And that is why the Spirit of the born-again believer who prays in other tongues is in fact being edified when they speak in other tongues. Now why is that? Because when they are speaking in other tongues, they are speaking the words of God, just in a language that our minds do not understand. But our spirits do understand that language. It's a heavenly language given to us. And so, because our spirits understand what is being said, those words are in fact the words of God, because those words come from God the Holy Spirit. He's the one it gives us the utterance. In other words, he, he's the one who gives us this language. And so when we speak in other tongues, our spirits, those words are um, pure life because they are the, the word of God being spoken out. As I said, just in a language that our minds do not understand. But our spirits understand uh, those words spoken completely. There's no um, confusion there at all. And so, um, for a Christian to not be able to speak in other tongues, they will never attain to the full potential that God has called them to walk in. Because they, they just are not tapping into this resource, which is such a, a vital resource for the Christian walk. Because again, go back to our understanding. Our understanding about the Christian walk is extremely limited. We know so very little. Paul says we know in part. But when he says that, he actually equates it to children and, and adults. And you go listen to little children in a kindergarten and how they talk and you know, how they, their understanding of things. 
And you smile because you understand, the understanding is extremely limited about life and how things actually work. And so we, in, as, as Christians, we fall into that category in relation to knowledge. For our understanding of things is, we're like little children in kindergarten, really. Um, in fact, maybe even lower than that, I don't know how to equate it. But our understanding is that limited that we, we cannot come anywhere close to attaining to the, the maturity that God wants to bring us to if we ha don't have access to this gift. Because as I said, this gift does one of two things. It does well, two, two things. It speaks directly to God. It prays His perfect will. And at the same time, it also edifies our spirits because it kind of educates our spirits about spiritual things because our spirits are hearing what God is saying through them and understanding what God is saying through them. And so that is why the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Because Paul had understood the, the blessedness of this particular gift that is given to the body of Christ. Um, and and the, vi the absolute vital importance that it plays in the Christian walk. And so, if we understand that aspect about this gift of other tongues, well then we, we, we can now um, understand why it is so important that every single believer speak with other tongues. Now, in Galatians 2.6, the Bible says that God shows personal favoritism to no man. Now, for God to only give this gift of other tongues, again, don't forget, we're not touching on the gift of varieties of tongues, or it's got three different titles to it in Scripture, diverse kind of tongues, uh, different kind of tongues, and varieties of tongues. That's the spiritual gift, one of the nine spiritual gifts. We're not touching on that today. We're dealing with this gift of other tongues. So, if God were to only allocate this gift of other tongues, remember Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. If God was only able to allocate this particular gift, which is such a blessed gift, and so important a gift given to the church, if He was only to allocate that gift to only a select few in the body of Christ, well, then God is going to be showing personal favoritism because it is such an advantage for the Christian who has this gift in their Christian walk over the Christian who doesn't have access to this gift because the Christian who has access to this gift is able to tap into uh, a spiritual dimension that is unavailable to the Christian who, can, who does not have this gift. And so for God to give only this gift to a select few by His own will and say, well, I'm only going to give, give the other tongues to some of the body of Christ, but not to all of them. Well, now He's shown personal favoritism. And God is not unjust. And He would never do that. He, he provides this gift. He makes it freely available to every single one of the saints of the body of Christ. And so God's not unjust in this area. And God shows no personal favoritism in this area. Because I trust that you understand that this particular gift of other tongues is such an advantage to the Christian walk. In fact, the Christian walk is an impossible walk unless one has access to this particular gift. 
because as I say, there is just so much that we have no idea what to pray for as we ought. And so God in his infinite wisdom has given to his church the ability to be able to pray his perfect will for every situation. And then at the same time, and every one of those prayers will always be heard because those prayers are prayed according to the perfect will of God. So any prayer uttered in tongues is always heard by God, never ignored. There are prayers about the understanding that God does not listen to. And the scripture is very plain on that issue. So there are some prayers of the understanding that God does not hear. But with regards to the prayer of the Spirit, God hears those prayers every time. And when God hears those prayers, we know the scripture says that we know that when God hears us, we have the petitions that we make known unto Him. And so all of those prayers are answered by God. And as I say, the other aspect to speaking in other tongues is that the spirit of the born-again believer understands the language. And because the spirit understands the language, those words spoken are in fact the pure words of life of God. And so the, uh, the spirit of the born-again believer feeds upon those words. And that is why the scripture says, he who speaks with the tongue edifies himself. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the born-again believer is charged up and edified. It's like a battery that gets charged up. And so that is what this gift actually does. And so this particular gift is available to every single born-again believer. Um, but the gift of varieties of tongues, that gift is not available to every single believer. And so it's very important for us, <coughs> as I say, as Christians to understand that there are the two separate gifts given to the body of Christ. The one is available to all, the other one is not available to all. And so we, we're, we're going to touch in the next teaching, and, um, and must probably finish off the speaking gift series on the next teaching. We'll touch now then on the gift of diverse kind of tongues, or the gift of varieties of tongues, or different kinds of tongues. Um, and we'll explain that gift in a bit more depth. But I needed to first differentiate between the two gifts and explain what the gift of other tongues is really all about and then let you see from scriptural evidence about the fact that all saints are allowed to have access to this gift and in fact God would be unjust to not allow every single one of his saints access to this gift because this gift is so important to the body of Christ. And so the gift of other tongues is available, freely available to all of the Lord's saints. And it's very important that we recognize that and not get confused with that passage of Scripture that uh, says, do all speak with tongues. Because as I say, a lot of Christians misinterpret that Scripture to say, okay, that means that the gift of tongues is not for everyone. It's only for a select few. And they say that because they, the understanding of Scripture is, is flawed. And so they, they don't understand the difference between the two. And so I trust that you have understood the, the difference between the two. You'll understand more about the different kind of tongues in the next teaching. Um, but how important it is for believers to have access to this gift of other tongues. And uh, God does make that freely available to all. So we're going to end the teaching on that point today. Amen.